This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. It is the Friday show. It is the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio. Let me tell you who's in tonight. To my right, a guy you hear on this station, I don't know how many times a day, many, many, many times a day, and lately, always with good news, which is nice. Jay McQueen, your friendly neighborhood weatherman. Yeah, the weather just keeps on giving, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm ready for some good old-fashioned fall, turkey, fair kind of weather, you know. I'm Actually, we're looking at seasonal temperatures, uh, not that you ask for forecasts, but Give it. While, while you're here, yeah, we're looking at seasonal temperatures. Uh, for most of the weekend, tomorrow's kind of that transition day from the, the warm day today to uh, getting into cooler temperatures. But yeah, Sunday, Monday, highs around 15, which is where we should be, but we've been uh, spoiled pretty much since, uh, I would say, July. I'm, I think you're out of your mind if you want seasonal temperatures. Keep the heat. We're, you know, come, come January, February, we are going to be begging for temperatures like this. I mean, I'm I, done with sweating, though, you know. You came into the studio today wearing a short sleeve shirt. It's October the 7th, and you are wearing a short sleeve shirt. That's true. How yeah. bad can that be? Well, and short pants. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I'm, I'm tired of wearing these shorts. I, the, you know what I mean? Like, you have a couple of go-to pairs of shorts, you know. And, and you've worn them out now? And we just moved into a new house, so you don't have time for laundry a lot. So it's like, okay, I'm ready to break the pants out more often, right? Well, you know who is wearing pants and a jacket and his signature sensational hairdo. You oh, know who I'm yeah, talking just. about. Mike Fortune from Cable 14, the other half of the panel this evening. Mike, thanks for doing this, Back as always. again, yeah. Thanks for always having me in here, Scott. Good to see you again, Jay. You too, Mike. Great hair, as always. Yeah. yeah Love the know. jersey. Go Jays, go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay and I, sitting over here, two bald guys staring at Mike's yeah. hair. There's a deep <laughs> level of admiration and jealousy. I actually just sent a tweet out. I took a photo while you guys were chatting. I got a perfect angle of you guys, and I said, can you tell the difference? I can't tell the difference. <laughs> like so. two Mr. Cleans <laughs> yeah. doing Elvis's Graceland <laughs> yeah. Mansion. <laughs> um, there was a great story. I wasn't even going to start with this today, but I got—I—I I, I can't help it. There's a great story today in this area that some animal activists are actually lobbying to have a memorial of some kind posted in Burlington where the pigs, where the trucks spilled and the pigs, <laughs> was it 42 pigs yeah. were killed? You'd be all in favor of this, Jay, right? Posting some sort of perf- like permanent stone structure to honor the dead pigs? I was thinking more along the lines of some sort of, uh, you know, maybe charity bacon barbecue or something. (laughs) A pig pig roast? A pig roast, yeah. I've got this image, I've got this lovely image of, you know, when the Edmund Fitzgerald, every year they ring a bell for every man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. You could do something like that with the pigs. Oink, 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 oink. 24 oink, 42 oinks. Porky pig imitator come out and then read the name. Like porky pig. Are people completely out of their minds? Oh, I think they are. I think time and time again, the more, you know, the more, I guess the older that I get, the more I see examples of things in the news or just things in everyday life, right, that don't make the news where you just shake your head and you go, what, what are people thinking? You know, I just, it it boggles the mind, right? And I guess, so you kind of get numb to it after a while, I think, right? And and, and the the reach of social media nowadays really fuels these types of conversations and these types of ideas. People are, yeah, but like you said, Jay, a little crazy nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know if they, if they need something in their life to feel good about, that they've represented a cause or something. Hey, you know, let them do, I stay so far away from all that stuff, Scott. Like, so far away. 
I just I'm praying. I mean, I I don't I don't I didn't follow the story all that closely. I know a truck spilled and some pigs died, and I just hope Charlotte wasn't on that truck. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. would be sad. It, yeah, because she was really some kind of pig. For those who know the she EB was the White greatest story, pig around yeah, actually, it wasn't Charlotte, was it? Charlotte was the the Charlotte the was spider. the spider. Yeah, that's I forget right. the name uh, of the pig. See, nobody even knows the name of the pig, right? Wilbur. Wilbur oh, was the pig. Wilbur. Yes, thank you. Wilbur was the pig. Yeah, it's <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, and that was some kind of pig, but it. Again, I look at this and I go, are we really, we can't possibly actually be tying ourselves up in knots about whether or not we're going to do something for pigs. And I know that this is a small splinter fringe group. And yet I got to tell you, it's created discussion. Mm -hmm. It's got people talking and, and there's only so much air in your lungs in the course of your life. And it seems like even what we're doing now, you wonder, Really? Real, and we do this all the time, though. We, like, do we not get... We just finished a week in which there was more attention paid to a guy throwing a beer can. Oh, jeez. And I don't want to get into that whole thing again because it's been beaten to death. But we have spent more time this week about a guy throwing a beer can. And I'm as guilty as the next person. I'm not going to yeah. dispute it. And the reason is, you know, radio can sometimes drive the conversation, but it also reflects the conversation. I guarantee you, anywhere you went in the city of Hamilton for the last few days, mm -hmm. the beer can story was water cooler, top of conversation. Of course, yeah. And, do, I mean, it just seems we get tangled up in these... And I heard, I heard earlier today, guys, uh, on another radio station, someone called in, they did a little research as to what else happened in Baltimore on that day. There were two murders in Baltimore on the same night that the beer can was thrown, it didn't even make the news. Surprised it was only two. All, <laughs> all the papers were simply talking about this beer can throwing incident and how Canadians are so brutal and disrespectful, so on and so forth. So again, we're in a... Wait a second. In Baltimore? Yeah. They're talking about Canadians being disrespectful yeah, and rude? We're, we're hoodlums. We're the worst. Have anyone ever been to Baltimore? <laughs> I've never no. been to Maryland. You've never no. been to Baltimore? I think I've driven no. around the Beltway. Maybe yeah. Have you the seen The Wire? Did you watch uh, any of these shows that have ever no. happened in, uh, in Baltimore? Baltimore so. is not exactly Shangri-La. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're down there taking shots at people up here for being yeah. rude and criminal, um, but, man, we got, we got bigger issues than I thought we did. <laughs> but going to your, back to your original point, and I, I think we've already touched on this a little bit, it's almost like people need something else in their lives. I don't know if it's to make themselves feel better about what they're doing, what they're believing in, um, a cause, a belief. I don't really know it. But again, because of Twitter and Facebook and 24-7 and news cycles nowadays, it's constantly in your face. And there are so, just some people that will just gravitate toward this and then hold on to it like a dog on a bone and just want to do anything and everything or they can. Or a pig on a truck. Or a pig yeah. on a truck. Yeah, it's like that. It's the mob mentality yeah. kind of thing on social media. And they people just, like you said, latch on to something and... Uh, yeah, and just are just relentless uh, on it until the next thing happens. Yeah, and then they've all forgotten about that, yeah. and then it's like, oh, now we're going to focus on this. Yeah, well, and not only that, they will not only go to the next thing, but they'll say, I am so tired of yeah. another thing because <laughs> it was like all of a sudden your attention. We yeah. we all are like, you know that 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 joking uh, <laughs> thing that is out there. It's roses are red, violets are blue. I have ADHD, and hey, shiny. <laughs> uh, that, that's what we're kind of like. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. we are completely immersed in these unimportant topics until the next unimportant topic takes our attention away. And then we act as if, well, you know, you, you rubes were all worried about that. This is much more important now. So honoring a series of, uh, of deceased bovine 
<laughs> are you know is much more important now than uh, than the beer can until tomorrow when you know or later you know in Canada do we have I know in the states they do the the freeing of the turkey before Thanksgiving do we do that here <laughs> I don't know if we do. the White not. House always like frees the turkey it's like a presidential pardon for the <laughs> the uh, the presidential turkey I wonder how did pork stocks do last yesterday yeah, pork, they go yeah. up? pork futures <laughs> pork futures they go up <laughs> they, t- they took a they took a real hit because suddenly 40 <laughs> pigs out of the 27 trillion that exist on planet earth were uh, were killed what do you do if you put if you want to propose an honor for 40 or 42, whatever it was, pigs that died here. What do you do with the slaughterhouses? Wow. That's <laughs> what kind of honor, what kind of statue do you put up there? <laughs> I think you just hang a banner like you would at the Skydome. You just hang a banner. You know, I, I'm I, surprised <laughs> that these people who, you know, who are proposing this haven't like chained themselves to the bacon bin at the grocery store or something. Oh, it's, it's probably not. coming. Knowing, knowing PETA, it's probably, <laughs> yeah, and PETA. I can remember, you know, uh, booking talk shows around here in the past and uh, it seemed... I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but yeah, PETA, there was always something outlandish that they wanted to do or some big scene that they wanted to yeah. make over, you know, they what they call the inhumane treatment of animals or whatever it was, right? But yeah, it's if, if it's going to be crazy and out there, leave it to PETA to, to I wonder come if Pam Anderson's heard about this yet. She's a, she's a Canadian oh, who... Can we get Pam Anderson to let, town? Let's see what she says uh, about this. I don't know, can we? Get her in studio. Here's the thing though, Mike, we've got to get, get out of here in yeah. just a second, got to go to a break, but... Does it not strike the people who are the activists who do this that when they propose stuff like this, the often or the sometimes important issues that they raise become lost in the ludicrousy of, of ludicrousness? What's of the word? Of what they're doing. Like, I'm not arguing that these activists at times don't have actual issues that they are dealing with that we should be considering. I'm not saying sure. everything they do is goofy. There are some actual things Agreed. that they propose that are worth discussing, that have some merit. And then you do something like this, and the next time they come forward with one of their good ideas, everyone goes, yeah, you're the same people who wanted to make a memorial for 40 pigs. Look, I think we might be three of the most disliked people right now amongst this group. So let me try to soften the blow a little bit. I, I appreciate their passion. Uh, I think they might have some blinders on, but I appreciate where they're coming from and, and how they're trying to do things. But at the same time, you also have to look at the bigger picture as to what else is going on in this great world of ours, specifically in the Hamilton GTH area, and, and just maybe refocus a little bit hey again i get it softening the blow here pig lovers everywhere you know i get what you're doing but you know also be aware as to what else is going on we're going to take a quick break here on the scott radley show when we come back how many tax increases how much more money can we actually afford to pay because it seems as though every layer of government believes that the pot is bottomless when do we actually start to say you know what no we just can't do this anymore We'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. We have news this week in studio with Jay McQueen and Mike Fortune, the brightest panel on Hamilton Radio. News this week about the federal liberals imposing a new carbon tax on Canadians, on the provinces that will be an incremental growth. But this is going to eventually filter down, not eventually, it will filter down and taxpayers will be paying for this. There are different reports of how much this will actually cost, but I read that by the year 2030, so it's still a few years away, but by the year 2030, this could add an extra $2,500 to $2,700 per household to your tax levy. We have reports that in the cost of education, 
in Canada has gone up by $18 billion in the last decade. Just providing education has gone up by $18 billion. We have municipal taxes that we know that there's an infrastructure deficit in the city and they're trying to deal with that. We know the municipal taxes are going to go up. We know that we're about to pay a new tax in the provincial government for your gas. That the provin- Every day, it seems, we turn around and there is a new tax. And this, I know, is not necessarily a new topic, but I think it's very relevant today. We, as households, Jay, you're married, you've got children. Mike, you're married, you have children. I'm married, I have children. We have to adjust the spending on what we buy and what we pay for based on what money we have coming in. We can't simply go to our boss and continue to say, I'm sorry, I bought a new car, you have to give me more money. Why do governments, why are we okay with governments doing completely different. They just say, we're going to spend and we'll find the money somewhere. We'll get it from you somehow. Why are we okay? And we'll say, well, we're not really okay with that, but we are because we continue to elect governments that do this. Why do we do this? I think it's because we realize we just, we just can't beat this. We, we can't win at, you know, we're the people that put these people in these, in this place of power. We're the ones that vote them in, uh, whether you're liberal, NDP, conservative, whatever, we make the decisions, and then we all like to complain about it. it it's extremely unfortunate that we're at the mercy of, of the government, and there is very little we can do to help our day-to-day lives. You know, you mentioned a good point. You know, we can't go every day and say, hey, I need a raise, I need this. you got to basically stretch your dollar as much as you can. You know, and, and you hear about the poverty that's going on in Hamilton and the homeless shelters and the food banks and all that. It is extremely unfair. It's very unfortunate. And, you know, I don't know. I don't have the answer, though. What can be done? I have no clue. Can we just throw in the towel and say, that's it, we're not paying anything? No, because they'll, they'll screw us some other way. I think, you know, in life, it's people often say there's two things that you can be sure of in life, and that is death and taxes, right? And I, I think... And now the one might lead to the other. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. yeah tax to death, right? And and just, I think that we, you know, we grow up listening to our, our parents talk about paying taxes, and then we, so we just, we expect that when we're, we're old enough to have our own homes and all this stuff, that we're going to be paying taxes, and we just accept that the cost of everything in life goes up. I mean, when was the last time anything ever went down? So I guess, you know, the fact that taxes are going up and like Mike said, how do we beat it? We can't beat it, right? So we just we we go along with it. What really can we do to to prevent it from from happening? And there are some taxes that you know, you can, you're a little closer to maybe on the municipal level where I would say, you know what, if, if my taxes were going to go up a little bit and they were going to fix the roads so that my car wasn't falling apart. So we believe in what they're spending the money yeah. on. And I think, I think a, the big issue, Scott, is that um, a lot of times the money is, is not spent well. It, it is squandered. Mm-hmm. It is spent on, uh, the, the priorities are off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? I think if, if we could look at it and say, yeah, you know what, that was a really great use of our money, um, then perhaps we wouldn't be as, you know, up in arms about it as we always are. I mean, I say we're up in arms, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we're, we're okay with it. But- what if we did that, though? What if we did something, and you didn't even suggest this, but I'm taking something from what you said, I'm extrapolating. When you talk about the money being wasted on things we don't like or we think are wasted, 
What if there was something on your tax form that allowed you to designate your taxes towards certain things? And the reason I say that, they'll never do this in a million years because mm-hmm. they want to, as you say, spend money on stuff that they want to spend money on. But I think it would be really interesting to see, okay, you know what? I'm okay with my taxes if it goes to roads or water or whatever. But you start getting into a lot of the programs that are not, we look at and we go, is that really necessary? And you almost make it a, like your household budget then. I'm going to buy this because it's important. I'm not going to spend money on this. And you know what? If there's not enough money to pay for a program, you take that almost as a referendum then to say... There's not interest in this program. We're spending money unnecessarily. Yeah, but then you're going to have all the people. If that program is taken away, you're going to you're going to affect a certain group of people that that rely on that for one reason or another. Maybe it's daycare, for example. You know, they re, they rely on that. They need it, but because enough people said no, I don't want to put my money into that. I, I I see where you're going. I don't really think that that's that's a fair option. One thing that just struck me while we were sitting here chatting is as homeowners. I think we also need to take a little responsibility ourselves in the fact that, and I understand every single household is different. The three of us here, our producer, Jerry, on the other side of the glass, we all have different incomes. There's low income, there's high income, but perhaps, and this is going to be out there, as, as individuals, we need to take a little more ownership of our own budget and maybe sometimes go without certain things. Do you really do this trip this year? Do you really need that extra case of beer? Do you need to buy that carton of cigarettes? You know what? Maybe if if we weren't such an instant gratification type of society and we said, look, priorities do take place. I'm not going to go for that right now because I do need to do X, Y, and Z. That might make things a little easier. I know I'm always looking at my budget. And if there's something that I really like at the grocery store, but I, you know what? I'm at my 150 bucks for the week, but I can't. You know, that's going to put me eight, 10 bucks over. I won't get it. But that's your, Mike, you are 1,000% bang on. Now let's move this back to the government. Mm-hmm. Every time there is an election, tell, show me the government that in, in an election has come forward saying, our plan is we are going to cut. We are not going to give you more free stuff. We are going to actually cut back. Every government, every party, every person who runs promises more stuff. No one ever promises mm-hmm. financial constraint because, and we are the idiots then, and we blame all of ourselves because we, we then look in. and we say, oh, free stuff. It's not free. Nothing's free. Nothing's no. free. And we don't <laughs> think about, well, wait a sec, how's that going to be paid for? But you're absolutely right. If a government were to say... We do too much. We can't afford to do this. We do too much. We have to cut back some of the stuff. We won't fire everybody because that's what got the provincial conservatives in trouble last time. But you know what? There will be a national hiring freeze and we're going to allow attrition to take place and we are going to allow 100,000 civil servants jobs to go vacant over the next Mm -hmm. whatever through retirement or... Would that work? I I think people might might be interested in that now. Oh, I, well, I, and I think then you could, then it divides um, the population. Anybody who is working in the public service or has a government job uh, or knows somebody is, or is related to somebody who has one of those would be uh, against it. And everybody who, who has never had a government job, who is always envious of them, um, <laughs> you know, uh, would, be, would be for it, right? So I guess- But again, not firing. Not firing. That nope. was the mistake the conservatives made. We're getting rid of. I'm yeah. saying 
you know what? Over the next 10 years, we're going to have an X number of people retiring. We're not filling their job. They're going to leave to go to a different position. Mm -hmm. We're not filling their job. You, if you have it, will be able to keep going, but we're not going to replace you if you decide to leave. And we're going to let this naturally take place. I think that would be a wildly popular Start move. the campaign, you Scott. You should run. run. Do it. Not running. But I'm just saying, we want... <laughs> I said that last week to him, too. We, yeah. <laughs> we buy into this idea that we want free stuff. But we don't think of how this free stuff will continue to cost us money. And you know, the latest thing with this carbon tax, the, the federal carbon tax, I'm puzzled. We don't have time to get into it right now. I'm puzzled by... I understand the concept of a carbon tax. But why are the federal... Why is the federal government saying this is going to lead to great jobs? Why should the carbon tax be a money maker? It's supposed to be to save the environment, not to actually. Otherwise, it's just a bald face tax. We're mm-hmm. just because we're going to expand the government so that we can. We're going to take your money and expand the government. Mm-hmm. That's not what. It, and we're all paying for it. Not disagreeing yeah. with you, Scott. Yep. But hey, they they <laughs> want to pad their own pockets. Well, they always do. Sadly, yeah. every government level does. Yep. Yep. And they all say before they run, they all go, "Oh, I got to fix this." And as soon as they get in, it's like, "Whoa, look what I can do!" Yeah. yeah. Quick break here on the Scott Radley Show. Back right after this. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Back on the Scott Radley Show for this Thanksgiving holiday weekend Friday. Hope you have a great plan lined up for this weekend. Family or something. But I know something that some of you will be doing this weekend. I guarantee it that we'll be tuning in to watch the Toronto Blue Jays at home playing against Texas in Probably, I'm trying to think of the right word for what the Rogers Center is going to be like when the Texas Rangers come into town. I'm thinking rabid might be one euphoric, of the words. Euphoric. Euphoric. Uh, you name crazy. it. Crazy. Hopefully there's no more beer flying. But but I was wondering about this series because there's been so much made of this series and so much about the bad blood. And, you know, the players say, Jose Bautista after game one said, we're not UFC fighters, we're baseball players, and they're trying to play it down. But let's leave the players out of it. For the fans, is it as important for the fans that the Blue Jays win this series because it's Texas to beat Texas as opposed to even to qualify for the next round? Is there is it almost more important to beat Texas as it is to make it to the American League Championship Series? I don't think so. I think just win, baby. I don't, I don't care who they're playing against. I just want to see them win. Any of the hostilities between the, the Rangers and the Blue Jays, let them deal with it on the field. But at the end of the day, as, as a fan who's been a fan of here, qualifying myself, I hate when people do that, for, for over 35 years now, I just want to see them win. And I don't care who they're playing. I just, and I also want to see good baseball played. We, we've, seen, we've seen some great ball over the last little while by these Toronto Blue Jays, which is nice to see. We're starting to see the team that we saw last year. Continue on with that. And as a fan, I couldn't care less who they beat. None of this garbage really matters to me again it's all fueled through social media so on and so forth and I think at the end of the day the players just want to leave it out on the field Scott and Jay I think to me I actually said to somebody the other day I said I I hate Texas I hate the (laughs) Texas Rangers and I and I you know like Mike's been a fan for years same with me and I played ball for years and we played together actually many moons ago same team West Mountain, West there, Mountain Cougars what the All-Stars remember? yeah West Mountain All-Stars, All-Stars you guys yeah. played for a team named the Cougars the Coop West Mountain Cougars should have yeah. seen our cheerleaders <laughs> yeah but um yeah. no it was uh I, I I said to people I I hate the Texas Rangers it was 
um, I, I don't know, even going back to last year, even before the uh, the, the bat flip got uh, Texas all, all up in arms and all their fans and stuff like that, um, you know, just something about some of the players that I didn't like and, uh, you know, we got to KC and, uh, well, you know, learned to hate them as well because they all they did was hit and, you know, and that's I was kind of envious of that. But, yeah, to me, um, you know, I heard somebody on the radio the other day say, oh, is it, um, you know, is it going to turn into a fight or all this stuff? And, and the other guy said, well, no, it's just your goal is to is to make it to uh, to the ALCS and then the World Series. That's your goal, yeah. and it shouldn't matter who you're playing. But to me, I think there's so much, there was so much animosity. The last, you know, I looked after the big brawl back in May, I looked at the schedule and and I was like, oh wow, they're not playing them again. They won't play them again until October. Maybe the playoffs. They get in the playoffs, and you know, so there's a lot of to me. There was a lot of pent up anger. Uh, they added some players onto the team, which you know, I, I said to people, I think the the lineup, the batting order at least is is sort of stacked. You know, uh, talking about Texas. Yes, and so I'm thinking, geez, these guys are scary to play, and. You know, and and I want to beat them as well because I just don't like them. See, as 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 I'm getting older as well, I, I don't hate players as much. You're I don't. I don't hate exactly. I don't hate teams as much because I guarantee everyone's got a hate on for Jose Bautista in Texas. But if Jose ever said, you know what, and he ever got an offer for the Rangers, which will probably never happen, but if he ended up wearing a Rangers jersey, they would love him. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm finding is happening now. You remember the whole George Bell thing back in the day? Everyone hated George Bell, but what was the one thing that everyone said? You'd love to have him on your team. And yeah. if Odor ever came to Toronto, if that ever worked, everyone would fall in love with him. All this stuff gets forgotten, and you move on. The guy would become a hero. Like you said, Scott, I'm just starting to mellow, and I just want to see good baseball. I'm appreciating good baseball as I'm getting older. But I, I'm, I gotta say, I, I fall into Jay's camp with this one. I think that it's important. I mean, Jay's fans want to win. Clearly, Jay's fans By want all means. like what Mike says. Jay's fans want to win. But I think it's as important in this series that they not lose to Texas. There is, it would be so much more painful for Jay's fans if Texas won this series. And listening to the stuff and listening to the comments about Odor punching Bautista in the face and all, all this stuff. I think it's this series, what happens in sports is we get really emotionally engaged. Probably unhealthily so at times. Yeah, And it really matters to us, even though none of us are playing a game. None of us are swinging a bat. It doesn't reflect on us as human beings or citizens of the world or athletes. But somehow there is this absolute need we have that the Jays will crush Texas and stick it to them and make them feel bad and make us feel better. And I don't really understand the psychology of it, but I'm telling you, it's there. If this was any other team they were playing, they would want the Jays to win, absolutely. But not with the same absolute need that they have to win because it's Texas. We can't lose to Texas. There is a you know there is a much more at stake if if the Jays get by Texas. There is much more at stake in the next round. If you beat Cleveland or Boston, mm-hmm. then you know you go to the World Series. You go to the show. But I I won't have this animosity towards either team. Um, you know you could argue that perhaps you might. Uh, towards Boston because uh, you know they're they're an AL East opponent, uh, you know a division rival. They only play Cleveland and Texas so many times a year. But just that there's that thing about Texas about man we gotta beat them like we just gotta beat Texas. 
you know, <laughs> almost to the point where whatever happens in the next round happens, but we got to get by Texas. See, if, if, for heaven forbid, the Blue Jays do lose out in this series to Texas, I'll turn off the TV and I'll go to bed and I'll put my head on the pillow and go to sleep and not have to give it another thought. I, again, I'm not, I, I don't want to get emotionally invested anymore. Oh, you are though. I, I am, <laughs> are. I am Scott, but you know what? At the same time, I also realize I got a lot of other things going on in my life. Oh, sure. These guys are all multimillionaires. They put their head on the pillows at the end of the night and they're still collecting their paychecks. And part of that is from that movie with uh, Drew Barrymore and uh, Jimmy Fallon, Fever, Fever Pitch. Pitch, and they were all in the bar after the Red Sox lost a game and they all saw Johnny Damon and a bunch of the guys and Jimmy Fallon realized they're just like us. They go on with their lives afterwards. Except it's they not have the end seven of the world. different uh, seven they, different butlers help them get their pants exactly. on in the morning. They got seven digit figures on their coming. gold plated pillows. So it's at the end. It's it, at the end of the day. I just want everyone. I just take a breath. It's, it's just a game. I'm not going to lose sleep about it. And as a huge sports fan, that that's coming from me. But let know. me flip I, it around. Oh, go ahead. Jack. I yeah? uh, sorry. I, I wish that I could do that. I mean, <laughs> I, but to me, it's it's all about. Uh, not only is it Texas, but it's all about. You know, it's been so damn long since we've been this. I mean, we were here last year, but it's been so long since we've been to the World Series and so long since we won. I mean, I was 12 and 13 years old when they won. I'm now 36. Um, you know, I want to see it again. The fans want to see it again. The, the Jays haven't had this uh, much attendance at home since 1993. Mm-hmm. So clearly they're, they're striking a chord. And I just, you know, I'll go to bed that night and I'll be, it'll be one of those things where I wake up in the morning and... It, you're you're okay for a split second, and then it clicks. And you know, you, you forget about something, and then your mind clicks, and you go, "Oh yeah, the Jays are lost. They lost the route." It'll be that that awful sinking feeling. It's amazing how that works with like our psychology. And I'll tell you something. When I said, uh, imagine if it was flipped around. If you read the Texas newspapers, the Dallas newspapers yeah. before the series started, yeah. <laughs> because they lost last time. The 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 oh. idea of revenge was so thick and so and it, there was such spite and such anger towards the blue jays and i got to tell you i don't think it would have been a little bit different up here if last year texas had beaten the blue jays and the blue jays were getting their chance and as much as the batista home run is a moment that is seared in our memory and we love watching it Imagine if that had been Odor who hit that home run rather than Bautista at home and we had to, and Blue Jay fans had to watch that celebration. We would want to rip their heads off too. Listen, Jim Sundberg's triple in 85 over Barfield, that was when I was emotionally invested as a kid and that's all I could think about. That still rings true to me. But these little things, these other things nowadays, I would just let them fly off my shoulders. Beat Texas, but if you don't beat them, I'm not going to worry about it. And again, maybe because I'm getting older. And I also listen to a lot of baseball writers and all that. And I listen to how their demeanor is. And maybe that's where I'm getting it from. It's just a game, folks. You know, anyone can be beaten on any day. Let me say one more thing about just a game. Because I know practically you are correct. That's what we should, everyone should be. It's just a game. Mm. If there was someone in your office who was a diehard Texas Rangers fan who was really into this, I defy. I defy. Wouldn't bother me. I I disbelieve you entirely. Wouldn't bother. If there was a Texas fan, you got a team to cheer for. That's fine. If they were there, you would have a hard time. If you're a diehard, if you're a Jay wearing your Blue Jays shirt, if you are a diehard Jays fan and a Rangers fan is in your office, I guarantee you for the next few days, you have a hard time liking that person 
whether they are a good guy or a good girl or good woman or not, I'm telling you, you have a hard time looking at them and you don't even want to walk by their desk because this is what sports does. It gets us emotionally invested and they could be a fantastic person and for the as long as this series goes, they are a jerk. Wouldn't bother me. Kill them with <laughs> kindness, shake their hand, you know you what, we'll, 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 we'll get uh, you next year. No, I, I think it was, uh, <laughs> I think I would be, you know, uh, see, I don't. I wouldn't want to rub it in. I don't think I would rub it in because I don't, I wouldn't want it rubbed into me if Texas won. So I think even though, you know, yeah, they, they blow them out in game one, I would just think, Oh, okay, you know what? That's good. I'll just, you know, I'll just act keep my... like you've been there. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think you got. I, I, I'm telling you, I really believe that based on and what the Jays, the the level of intense passion the Jays have inspired in the last couple no of years, doubt. the last year and a half. If there was someone in your office, even if you liked them, and they said one thing positive about Texas, you would scowl at them right now, and you <laughs> would have a hard time being around them until this series is over. And then, Jay, when you say you wouldn't rub it in. Again, I disbelieve you. Because the day after, <laughs> if the Jays win this series, you are walking by with your Blue Jay shirt on, and you are making sure. You may not say anything, but you are going to be the most passive-aggressive winner of all time. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That sounds about right. Quick break. Back after this on The Scott Radley Show. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. A little more of a serious thing. Reading a number of stories in the last number of months about universities, mostly in the States, but there have been some examples now coming up into Canada, mostly in the States, because clearly the race issue that they have down there is more serious than we have up here. But again, we are not immune. And a number of universities are now having programs, having retreats, having clubs, having dorms, having residents, even having some classes that are segregated. Now, this is not segregation as in the Alabama segregation where the government was demanding that blacks not have the opportunity to go to university or drink from the same water fountains. This now is largely minorities self-segregating. They, it's not white people saying you can't come here. It's minorities, African-Americans in many cases saying we are pulling ourselves. We're having our own thing. We don't feel comfortable with you white people. That's the way it's being described that we feel like we need to have our own opportunity to spend time talking, whatever. The point is, it seems to me that the last 50, 60, 70 years have been spent trying to desegregate. And now we, the pendulum seems to be swinging back the other way. Is, is there anything positive? Now, I mean, understanding there's three white guys in the studio talking about this. So take that with, you know, with the context. But is there anything that you can see from this that would be positive about returning, regardless of who's driving it, returning to the days of segregating ourselves from each other? I can't, I can't find one other than to say that, you know, um, people may have more freer choices today than they did uh, decades ago. And, you know, if that's, uh, your choice to do that, then that's your choice and you're free to do that. But it just, to me, it, it, it smacks as, as a huge step backwards. You know, I, I can't, yeah. I can't think of, uh, of a good, you know, of a positive, uh, you know, I can't think, <laughs> I can't see how this is good. Right. I don't think that's the way we want to go. And it's a, you know, uh, in Canada, you know, we're, 
you know, an increasingly multicultural society and people, you know, come from other countries and, you know, they're, they're fleeing war and chaos and, and all, all of it, you know, and, you know, and we hope that they would, in, you know, integrate with, uh, you know, success into the country and into, uh, with, with everybody here. But, but if it's, if they feel, you know, that to me sounds like, you know, have we failed if, if that if that's, that's not per, that, by the way that voice is I, jay mcqueen chml weather guy who's filling in mike fortune from cable 14 is also in studio mike uh, I, I i can't see the logic behind it now just cl- uh, clarify for us here one more time w- was it classes or choruses or 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 like clubs what what was well, it it's a they're... variety of different things there are there are residences now that are being segregated okay. there are some um, they have you know retreats or clubs or things where but it's okay. it, the issue is becoming that it's if you go online if you start reading it's happening more and more often yeah. we're finding new ways to break apart rather than be together it does sound like a, a few steps backwards however with that said um you always want to be able to go to a place, a classroom, a chorus, a trip, where you feel comfortable. And, you know, it doesn't sound like they're segregating them completely from the entire university. You're still part of everything else, the clubs, the bars, the football teams, whatever might be going on. But if there are some certain classes or courses that are going on, and look, we're going to open this up to, to this minority only, I don't see that being an, an issue. Now, the only thing that can't happen then is if if the Caucasians then say okay well we're going to open up a class and we only want it to be this this way with with, with our, our our skin tone and color then they can't come and say well you know we want to be part of that as well so it does seem like a step backwards but I I think I see some logic where you just want to be in a, in a comfort zone for maybe an hour a day whatever the case might be is this uh, one thing I was thinking about as I was reading this because I I mean I agree. I have a hard time finding a lot of positives. If you have a club, if you if you go away for a weekend and it's, hey, we're going to hang out with people like us, people that are comfortable to us, it, you know, it's, first of all, it's really hard to even talk about this because you got to walk so carefully. It's you a don't fine wanna, line. You don't want to so. sound, it's very easy to... Yeah, yeah. to Take a wrong word here and suddenly sound really racist. That's not. It's but it's it has nothing to do with that though. It has nothing to do with that. It's it's one thing to have a weekend or something like that because look, you've got you've got religious uh, people, you know, Christian groups or Muslim groups or Jewish groups on campus that would say, yeah, we're getting together with people who are like minded or like us because it's comfortable. That that okay. Um, I guess the more difficult thing is when you start getting into residences that are being segregated and mm-hmm. stuff. It's is it really solving any problem or is it just ignoring? And, and, and honestly, maybe in the States, some people have reached the point where they've said, you know what? I'm tired of trying to solve the problem. Let's, I just give up. Let's just deal yeah. with this. But it, it seems to me that it's running away from solving something yeah. rather than addressing it. That's, that's to me how I would interpret that as well. Um, but unfortunately, like you said, yeah, maybe people have gotten to the point where they, they just, uh, you know, whether they've tried everything else or they've seen examples of, uh, you know, of uh, everything else not working. And so they're just like, you know what, this is the way we're doing it. And, you know, we'll yeah. try this. And, and thanks for clarifying. I've, I forgot about the whole residence part of it. That, that, that so you does. You know, you're living. 
in that does open areas. up another little can of worms. Um, again, I don't know the population of these universities. I don't know the, the, what the capacity is of these residents. But perhaps if, if there is a, a, a small group of people that says, look, you know what, you, you have this option. You can live anywhere you want on campus. However, if you don't feel comfortable with that, we'll respect your feelings. And we're going we're gonna to cordon off a little area. And this is where you can live and shower and eat and do whatever you want. And and I think if the whole campus can then buy into that, there's nothing wrong with that because we're all individuals. We all have our different comfort levels and wants and needs in this world. And if there's a small section that says, look, you know what, this is how I want to live my life. And then you just leave them alone. As long as there's none of this finger pointing going back and forth and saying, oh, well, you're over there. You know, we, we don't want to deal with you. And I get they've, they've chosen that, but we don't know what's going on in their mind and in their hearts and how they feel about certain things. So, again, I think it is taking a few steps backwards, but there has to be some logical thinking behind why they are doing this on a grand scale. Is this vastly different from what we've always done, even in Canada, though, and maybe slightly different political motivation or thought behind it, but... Is this hugely different? We've always celebrated in Canada the fact that, you know, you go downtown Toronto and you can find Chinatown. Mm-hmm. It is a segment of the city that is heavily, heavily, heavily Chinese immigrants who have come here and settled together. And you go down Dundas Street in Toronto for a number of blocks and there's not an English sign to be found. And that, we look at that mm-hmm. as, hey, that's a that's a cool thing about the city of Toronto. Agreed. Mm-hmm. We do it with Little Italy in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. There's a Portuguese the section. Yeah. You know, so is this is this different from that, that we've, here we would celebrate that diversity down there, or in these cases where you we're saying segregation and what's the difference? I think that's a great analogy and a great parallel there. And, and maybe there's some things that back in these universities that they can do where they are being segmented like this. Maybe they do open up their residence once a week or, or a weekend where they say, hey, welcome to our culture. And they do do special activities, whatever the case might be. And, and you're right, going into the Chinatown or the Danforth, it's fun, it's unique, and it's my choice to go in there. They've chosen to live here. Good on you. I'm now allowed to go in there. I'll visit. I'll buy some stuff. I'll help them out. I'll support them. But then I get to go back to my house. So again, because we're all unique, we're all different. We all have different thoughts. You know, as long as it doesn't get into, as I said this earlier, the name pointing, the bullying, uh, the racial slurs, then just let everyone live in peace how they want to live. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. My my my, my big thought about this one is that it seems to me, and we got to go to a break, Jay, but it seems to me mm-hmm. that... The fact that this is happening at universities is the difference and is the troubling part about this. University is supposed to be the place. It's always been the place where you have, you're exposed to differences. You're challenged. You're made uncomfortable on purpose. So you Mm -hmm. learn who you are and figure out who you are. And we've talked about this on the show before, but if you are retreating, whoever you are, whether you're white or you're whatever, if you are saying, I have to be only with people like me, either in nationality or skin color or thought process. That's just as much. 
that seems to me to be defeating a lot of the purpose of why you go to university. You're supposed to be challenged. You're supposed to be made yeah. uncomfortable yeah. at times. Yeah. And, I, and then the one thing I would touch on about, uh, you know, the Chinatown or the, uh, you know, Little Italy and all that stuff, I would say that, you know, those those places have existed for, for years, you know, and, and we still go there and, and, you know, and hang out or try the food or whatever, which is, but, but this stuff is something that's at universities that's starting to come up again, right? So it, to me, it's kind of different. It's uh, the other things existed, but now we're, now it's like we're going back in time with what they're doing. At it won't be a problem. Sorry, I know we got to go. It won't be a problem if they make it positive. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. No, I, you mm-hmm. know what? A valid point. If this thing becomes a building up walls and saying, don't get near me. Then, then, it, then it's doomed. But if you're building up in a positive way, yeah. it, it could have some merit and uh, could work quite effectively. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. Stay with us. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. There was a story this week that I I just simply shook my head at, but it struck me that there's a bit of a broader thing here about us as a society somehow. Ric Flair, you know who Ric Flair is? Ric Flair was the uh, professional wrestler. Woo! Yeah, yeah, you you guys would know Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair... um, I don't know how old he is now, but he has a podcast. He's doing this radio podcast thing and decided, and I don't know why he decided that this was something that needed to come up in his conversation, but he was talking about the women he's been with and decided to throw in there that, you know, he and Halle Berry had a go at it. And now all I could think of when I heard that is, when did we come to a point in our discord? I always thought that those were things you didn't talk about, but I guess as a celebrity, like this is, you know, credibility for you or something. When did we get to the point that it was okay? And she, of course, denies it. She says, I've never even met the guy. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I kind of tend to believe her. I'll, I'll take her side on this one. But when did it come to the point, Mike, that we said, you know what, it's okay. It's actually not only okay, it's encouraged. If you're a guy, especially, but there's women too, yeah, you know what, throw it out there. Let's just talk about your sex life in detail with the world. Um, Again, we have to look at the the source where this is coming from in Ric Flair and his often animated personality, his his showmanship, if you will, if that's what you want to call it. You have to look at it. It's a podcast, so you know we also want some ratings, and and we're feeding into that right now by talking about it. Um, But... But, but this also, is not just Ric Flair. No, it, and that's that's what I'm saying. There, there are other celebrities. Uh, we, we are a society that feeds off of this, and and simple, basic manners have gone out the window. Um, I'm not one to go out and brag about what I do with my wife. You know, it, it it's not something you want to, that that you should be discussing. However. You have a he, this gentleman, uh, Ric Flair. He's got a status, and he's got to keep things going. And it, the more we can sensationalize it and talk about it, it's almost it's the norm now to be able to go. Why did this all of a sudden happen? Again, I've said this a million times on this show. It's thanks to social media because anyone across the world will now be able to listen to Ric Flair and hear his stories, and his name is being talked about. He's getting more and more views on tweets and Twitter and Facebook and say and and, and likes and all that. And this is just. Unfortunately, I think this is the norm now. 
I would never raise my kids to be like this. But is this what we've come Show to? Show some privacy. The, Jay, now that if you can simply get enough tweets about you, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if it's true or if it's not true. As long as you can get people talking about you, you're gold. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's whether it's the, it's the Kardashians and it's the, you know, the sex sells stuff and, you know, the... Um, you know, you look at music videos nowadays, and 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 I, I think it's just become sort of the norm that you know people uh, are talking about. You know, this like it's you look watch any of those Hollywood shows or you know whatever it is, and it's who's who's dating who or who's with who or whatever, right? And and you know, twenty years ago, did did people really care? Did people even you know was that information as readily available? I don't know, but. It just seems like right now that everybody, you know, that's that's the big news. If so and so split up, or so and so is with somebody else, or you know, that's that's what uh, you know the social media, like Mike said, that's what blows that up, and then mm-hmm. oftentimes that will drive uh, you know the more traditional media as well, right or wrong, but it but it happens, right? Do you think this exists in normal life? I mean, this is celebrity stuff we're talking about, but do you think do you think that people look at whether it's Ric Flair or you talk about the Kardashians or whomever, Al Gene Simmons or whatever. Do you think people look at these and go, you know, I'm going to do that too. Yeah, if, I, if I'm with someone, I'm going to tell everybody. Do you think it extends beyond the celebrity s- sphere? I, I think it does. I think if you go to, uh, you can probably find certain Facebook and Twitter accounts there with uh, couples that like to be... Uh, exhibitionists, if you will, I'm like, is that where about, you're going? No, I'm not talking about that per se. I'm saying, <laughs> would it be would it be acceptable behavior now? If, oh. Forget a celebrity. <laughs> forget Ric Flair using his celebrity talking about another celebrity. If a friend of yours at work told you was sitting around, would it be acceptable conversation now to say, "Hey, guess who I spent the night with last I, night"? Would that be okay, or would, I, would you say, "Shh"? Yeah, I I don't think it would be accepted, especially with, uh, and I don't think it'd be accepted here with this fine station. Well, with with HR nowadays, HR can be so hard on it. But because Ric Flair doesn't have to report to an HR person, neither does Halle Berry or the Kardashians, they can do and say whatever they want. Whereas the the three four of us between the glass and all here, we have people that we actually have to answer to. And if we are sitting in a lunchroom discussing, hey, guess what I was doing last night, and we've offended someone, guess what? You are brought to HR, you are written up, and you got a mark on your record. These celebrities don't have to worry about any of that. So, no, I don't think that was something that will happen in everyday life. I just don't. I, I maybe don't care. I'm, maybe I'm just so naive. Maybe I'm so, I don't know what the word is, puritanical. I just don't get what would make someone decide they want to tell the world what their private life. Now, you know, someone like Gene Simmons, you know, he's made a career off that. Wilt Chamberlain was another one who, you know, but by and large, I I'm I just have a hard time understanding the 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 drive to tell people this stuff. Or is it you're you've got such low self-esteem that for Ric Flair to have had sex with Halle Berry, which again she completely denies, puts a gives him a 
I was going to say a leg up. That's the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wouldn't it be two legs? Give, gives him a, like a, a some sort of extra credibility as a guy. Yeah, I think maybe that's what it means. You know, if it was his next door neighbor, you know, then he's, he's not, he tell ta- anyone about he's that? not talking about it, right? No. But then when I mean, you look at us talking in here, right? If, 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 you know, if one of us 30 years ago had... Had uh, had met Halle Berry, well, I would have been six years old. So that's you know, <laughs> she'd be in prison. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, but you know, would would we? Would that be something that uh, would be? Hey, one of those was? It, is it a feather in your cap? You know what I mean? Like it? If it was, and again, like we we don't wouldn't talk amongst ourselves about um, you know, sort of any random person, right? But if it was if it was a celebrity that hey, I you know I dated so and so for for a month or something would you know that it might be one of those oh hey really that's that's interesting i i mean i can so for him it's it's probably just that you know this is something that happened uh like mike said he's trying to get ratings with the podcast you know he's trying to entertain so you know that makes people go oh wow really is there a danger in this though mike is there a danger here because people look at celebrities whether we think they should or not, they look at celebrities as examples. And we know now that we'll, there'll be people who will put pictures of people online, they'll text, mm-hmm. they'll sex, do whatever. Is there a danger when you have someone, whether you consider Ric Flair a real celebrity now, he seems sort of like... It's like a D-list celebrity. Yeah, but, but <laughs> is, I mean, is there, is there a, a danger of this kind of thing that it normalizes this behavior? So even though you would say, well, yeah, he's a celebrity trying to get attention... There will be people who will look at this and go, yeah, that's that's what I should do. I think the internet and all that is normalizing a lot of things, unfortunately. Uh, and that's where a lot lays into proper parenting. So this... So the the value the core values are, are instilled in, in young kids. So, you know, you know not to do this stuff. Um, w- will it cause an issue? You know, it, will it... I'm going all over the place now. It is the norm on social media, so on and so forth. But again, I think parents now have to take a stronghold when someone comes up and says, oh, look what Ric Flair did. You have to sit down with your child and explain. That's not right. You don't do that. There's certain things you keep to yourself. You keep within the four walls of your household, and it's privacy. People's relationships are very, very public. Like Mike said, oftentimes on Facebook, I'll see somebody that's, oh, look at so-and-so. They're they're together, and there's pictures at a cottage, pictures at fairs, pictures of this, and it's everything. And then this happened to uh, some friends of ours, or, uh, and all of a sudden it was like somebody threw a switch, and like they were gone, and all the pictures were deleted, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was they weren't even friends anymore. And you're going, okay, well, what what happen right and and people put themselves out there and and you know and so that's what happens right it's the norm to be sort of having a window into all this yeah we we do now offer a window too much of a window back after this on the scott radley show you're listening to the scott radley show weeknights from seven to nine on am 900 chml if you were listening last night you heard this interview i was talking with a professor now this is not a quack this is not a Looney Tunes, this is not a guy who is whatever, a professor, a full professor from Idaho State University who studies Bigfoot. And the reason we had him on is because there was this new video that was accidentally captured. It was a video, uh, they put a GoPro in an eagle's nest in the woods in Michigan, and it was looking at the eggs, and all of a sudden in the background there is some creature that's on two legs walking around all in black looking like fur and living in the anyway blah 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 um led to an interesting discussion because i am completely skeptical which means i don't believe it 
I'm skeptical is my nice way of saying I don't think there's a Bigfoot, but this professor was absolutely of the belief that there is something. We don't know what. He had explanations that were not crazy. He had reasonable explanations for why we've never found a Bigfoot, why we've never found the carcass. Isn't that it? Jay, I'll start with you. We're, we're going into... Uh, we're going into TV land here, oh you know, whatever. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do you believe in any of these legends that we start with Bigfoot? But do you believe this stuff, or is it uh, is it just a great story? Well, you know, when I would want to, I guess, before answering to the best of my ability, I guess I would want to see all of the great evidence and all of the pictures and video and all that stuff. Uh, but at the same time, it's... To me, it's like if it if it existed, would would we not have you know captured one of these things or shot one of these things by now or found a just a dead carcass? Yeah, like it's you know why why is it so elusive? And I mean, I know there's species at the bottom of the ocean that probably we have no idea about. I've heard that before because water it's, bigfoot. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's so far down and so dark and so cold, and there's you know things that that the human race doesn't know about. But, you know, I just think that with Bigfoot, part of me wants to kind of believe it, you know, because it's it's mysterious and all that Hold stuff. Hold that thought for a second, because that's what I want to come back all to. Right. First of all, though, Mike. Yeah, you know, I, I first off, I can't ridicule any one person or any one group that has a belief or a passion for Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster. Um, I kind of enjoy the stories. I kind of enjoy the fantasies about, you know, what if... Uh, to, to be able to 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 have such a, a belief in this and such a passion for it, I think it's really interesting. I think it's fascinating. I agree with what Jay said. Why haven't we seen some of the remains or carcasses? Or And I think you said too, Scotty. It, it, it's kind of puzzling, but, but maybe, just maybe, in this world where we're always talking about some of the most horrific things that are happening, it's kind of nice to go into a bit of a, let's call it a fantasy land, if you will. And is that why? And, That's and what I was going to say. It, why do we want to believe this? Be, be, because it just gives us something else to think about that isn't horrific, isn't about death, isn't about politics. It's just something else to believe in. And there's some great stories out there. And whether or not you believe the conspiracy theories or, or you, you read the books and you want to believe the stories or not, that's up to you. But I love how it gets your imagination going and it gets you thinking. What do you think, Mike, or Jay? Is, I mean, that, I, I was going to say, why do we want You said you'd like to believe it. Well, why? I think it's because it's, it's just kind of neat to think that, you know, they're out in the great vast woods somewhere, there's this, you know, or this thing or these things running around and, and that they've been so, uh, you know, they've been smart enough to, to uh, you know, sort of escape us, escape being, you know, caught or anything like that for, for all these years. I think that it, it's kind of a, it would be a great mystery, a great story. It would be, you know, something definitely that... You know, I would tell my daughter about when she's old enough, but not too young because she would never go camping again. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and and you know what I also have to and sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Jay. And what you That's also kind of have to think about is, oh, geez, where was I going to go with this? Now, it, it, it's fascinating in the fact that if 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 you take this, it, it is it can all be a cool story. And and there are so many things. And this, here's where I was going to go. I was trying to buy myself some time. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, radio man. Did I do a good job yeah, there? Did yeah. a good job. Think about this. We are constantly hearing news stories 
about things that have just been found after millions of years. A new pyramid, a new pot of gold, uh, um, a, a carcass of a, a, of a sea urchin that we never knew existed. So maybe, just maybe, if we are, with all the technology we have nowadays, we're still finding little things that we didn't know existed because this is such a vast universe, a vast earth, both up to sky, down to the core of the epicenter of this world, you just never know. I, I'll be honest with you. When, when, when I had the professor on yesterday, I was shocked that I found a professor who studies this. That was my honest bully because it was like, wait a sec. And he says he gets mocked by this. He, ha- he has to have thick skin to deal with this because it's, <laughs> you know, if, you're, if your expertise, if you're studying Bigfoot, you're going to get some people thinking you're, you're nuts. And he even said, I said, skin. people must call you nuts. He goes all the time. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't understand the fascination at all. Like, I, I'm interested with what you guys say that it would be great if this was – I don't – I couldn't care less if we found a Bigfoot or not. First of all, I don't believe for a second it exists. I don't believe Loch Ness Monster exists. I don't believe aliens exist. All these things. And I think you have to be – those who believe, I think you, it's like the X-Files. If, if you're going to believe in one of them, you kind of almost have to believe in all of them, right? If we've, if we've got the idea that for thousands of years we've not been able to find one of these, well, then surely we have to keep the belief alive that Loch Ness Monster exists too and mm. that aliens have landed on the planet and we've made contact with other worlds and all this kind of stuff. It, to me, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I, I like <laughs> to think that it's, I'm more sensible than that. I, I see your point, but I guess, uh, you know, every time one of these stories comes up, I think I part of me really does want to believe that they're just maybe, and I guess it's just for... You are the X-Files. Yeah. I want to believe. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, and I, you know, I, I want to believe there's other life forms out there that, you know, in the, the very small dot that we are in the grand scheme of things that Earth is, you know, I... I Part of me is like, how could there not be anyone or anything else out there beyond uh, our solar system and way beyond that? I mean, it just—I don't know. I just—I. It just keeps the mind kind of, you know, anything's possible. It, right? it, they're they're unexplained mysteries again that are just—it's it, nice to get away from everything else that's going on in this world because all of these mysteries that are out there. They're not hurting anyone. They're not. No. F- they're, 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 they're not. It, it, it's, 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 uh, it's a fantasy land. And, and the fact that it's something that you can just escape to, read some books on it. Yeah, some people are making money off of it. That's fine. And again, kudos to these people that have the passion for this type of thing. I love it. I think it's great. There are definitely people making money. I was, we were watching a show. We were flipping channels one time and they've got these Bigfoot Hunter show. And honestly, any sense that I had that, which I didn't, that there might be something. You look at these guys and you go, all right, now I know that there's nothing out here. The, this is this is like, you know, the, the ghost hunters or something. These, and that's another one. That's another one. You, you have these shows now on people who are going into haunted buildings to make contact with it, to find the ghost. And it's like, you realize that Ghostbusters was a, like a fictional movie, right? I mean, we're not... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but again, it's it's... Who are we to judge how people want to entertain themselves? If they believe in ghosts, if they want to go on some ghost tours, and I know there's some great ones here in Hamilton through Haunted Hamilton and all that, that then go for it. it. It's it's not hurting anyone. It, it's 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 what they want to do with their lives. And if they believe in it, beautiful. Should a, should a university 
and, and he was uh, listen. He was uh, a very wonderful gentleman yesterday on the phone. I I don't mean to in any way disparage him. I, again, for the very reasons you said, he's an anthropology professor, and and he happens to believe this. Should universities though be funding? Stuff like this. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we already talked about the cost of education going up. Uh, you know, I know it's in to the running, States. To be running Bigfoot yeah. lectures. <laughs> I mean, nothing at universities uh, surprises me anymore, um, the cost of stuff included in that. So, I don't know. Maybe I think sometimes you need these these sort of out of... Uh, out of the box, you know, professors or, you know, think outside of the box. Just, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of, you know, things going on that we can, you know, that are sort of aiming towards something that, you know, has been a great mystery for a while or we're studying this, you know, and all that. But I think sometimes, you know, you need the odd kind of out there project. Bit of to, levity. Yeah, you because there's there's so much serious stuff right in the world, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes you just need something like that, right? And I bet you his classes are packed, and if he even has classes, and and take this professor and going through the whole university thing, take this professor and how he's getting these young minds to to think differently, to think creatively, as opposed to always in the box. And where does it really get us? You're having who knows how many people sit in this lecture hall. Let's say it's 150, 200 people. He's getting these kids to think differently, out of the box, having a little bit of fun. And, you know, as long as you keep it within those confines, I think it's great. I hope they find them. Get them on the show. You hope they find the professor or Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Oh, I know where the professor is. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. All right, back on the Scott Riley Show, wrapping up the Thanksgiving Friday edition of the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio. Mike Fortune, Jay McQueen, thanks for doing this, guys. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family yeah. there, Scotty. We will be dining heartily. Dine, oh, dining hard. There you yeah. go. Multiple hard. times. Multiple yeah, times. Exactly. Uh, and somebody else will be, too, if they were the winner of tonight's Hutches in the Beach 70th anniversary quiz question. Here it is. At the end of the most famous WKRP in Cincinnati episode, the Thanksgiving episode in which Arthur Carlson drops turkeys from a helicopter or from an airplane, live turkeys, he utters a very famous line at the end of the episode, the last line, the kicker. We asked you, what was that line? Jacob, I am going to send it to you. I'm going to give you the answer, and then you're going to send us out with the people who got it right and the right answer. The right answer today was number 10. So whoever was our 10th caller, who's that? You tell us who got it right, who's the 10th one. They win the prize tonight. The correct answer, by the way, Arthur Carlson says, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Thank you, Scott. Lots of correct answers today. We got Raymond, Norm, Terry, Roy, Brian, Casper, Chris, Jared, Dave, and our lucky winner, Pete. Congratulations. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900, AM 900, CHML.